Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy. This podcast is a production of Reach. Reach helps churches reach more people through friend-to-friend referrals on Facebook. Every month, hundreds of church planners rely on Reach to get the word out about their church while supporting kingdom-building causes at the same time. To learn more about Reach, head to causely.com forward slash reach. That's cause ly.com forward slash reach, or just search for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening today. I'm Jeff Presley. And I'm Drew Bro, and we are um, super pumped to be joined by Josh Pay, lead pastor of Heartland Community Church in Rockford, Illinois, the beautiful city of Rockford, Illinois, which I've frequented <laughs> many times. What What's the temperature there, Josh? Uh, right now it's springtime, and right now it's like forty degrees. So, <laughs> springtime hey, in, in fact, Rockford. It snowed this last weekend, and people were actually mowing their grass in the snow. <laughs> oh wow! I believe it. That's so, great. A little bit of background here: my dad um, has been a teaching pastor at Heartland for uh, man six, seven years, I guess. Um, so they actually used to live in Rockford. So I've made many trips to to Heartland. It's just like one of the coolest communities of people that you could you could ever <laughs> witness or be a part of. It's just really, really cool. Everyone in their their Bears or Packers jerseys and just, just the realest people. My, that's something my dad always said about Heartland is just the realest people that, that you'll ever meet. So i um, super pumped to, to have Josh on with us. Um, and would you mind just kind of starting out, maybe just tell us a little bit, um, you know, about, about you, um, kind of your role there at Heartland and then I know Heartland has a, a super kind of unique unique setup there in Rockford. So if, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit kind of uh, the story and setup there, that I get us that I get us going. Yeah, you know, uh, I've I've been here serve as the lead pastor um, for our our ministry since uh, I guess the fall of 2013. Uh, Heartland was um, really unique story. It was kind of an innovator in the kind of the video teaching model, going all the way back to 1998 when two two local guys here, uh, really had a burden for reaching their friends who were drifting far from God, um, and wanted to do something uh, to be able to bring really great transformational teaching to their friends who had never heard that sort of thing. And it's kind of in the heyday of, of Willow Creek's, um, teaching. And so they turned, uh, because of some relationships with Willow Creek, turned to Bill Hybels and said, Hey, any chance we could use kind of videotape teaching out of your archive. Nobody was doing that sort of thing back in that day. And we'd love to just create a venue for our friends to experience what you guys are doing on the weekend. And, uh, and they did that. Bill Hobbles agreed and they took some videotape teaching and, and within about six months, we're running about a thousand people back in 1998. Wow. And wow. for, for the first man, I think, uh, probably four or five years of Heartland's story. Uh, that's just what they did. You know, there was, a uh, just a couple of local business guys and a guy who had a background in, in worship leading, um, who grabbed teaching tapes from, willow and put them on a vhs you know a screen with a screen uh for their friends and their friends kind of kept responding to that and so really in, in essence the video teaching movement that's being used by so many multi-sites and church plants around the united states was born right here in rockford illinois and then as we know lots of other churches kind of took took notice as to what was going on and started to use that kind of experience in uh, in their multi-sites as well and then when Mike came, you know, really Mike was the first live teaching pastor that Heartland had ever had, you know, six or seven years in, into their story. And uh, churches continued to grow and 
really developed a heart for the city, which I, you know, we can talk about here in, in a moment as well. Um, and so then I was real privileged, you know, to be able to join the bigger story of who Heartland is in, uh, when I moved to town here in 2010, was on staff for about uh, two and a half years, three years before I moved into the lead role in 2013. Very good, Josh. Just uh, give our listeners a little bit of context, maybe of your ministry background. Certainly you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning, but just a few bullet points so they know um, a little bit of where you're where you're coming from, your background, getting to Heartland, and then now you're the lead pastor, which is a pretty big deal at a church like Heartland. So does that make sense? Just a just a few bullet points. You don't have to give us everything, yeah. but just so they know a little bit of uh, who they're hearing from today. Yeah, I mean, my story starts at uh, you know Lincoln Christian University in Lincoln, Illinois, where I went to school. Um, got a preaching degree there, and. Um, and then moved immediately when I graduated to Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, really had a church for a heart for church planting, and uh, wanted to be a part of a movement of churches in an area of the country where there were none, um, and where there needed to be prevailing churches. And so, uh, went out there and served on two different church staffs over the course of ten years. Um, the first one was a was a young church plant called Crossway Christian Church in Nashville, New Hampshire. They were kind of a joint church plant of um, Orchard Group as well as uh, Restoration House Ministries in New Hampshire, and served there on a young church plant team and did everything that church planters do. You know, it's just a, every, when you're on a church plant, as you guys know who are listening, you know, you, everybody's a utility player. That's you right. know, yeah. you, you, yeah. do what, you do whatever you got to do to get the job done. So uh, I did everything from teach to children's ministry to small groups to, you know, men's ministry to, you know, overseeing women's ministry for a while. I mean, just do whatever, <laughs> do whatever you got to do to help reach as many as possible right. and uh, loved serving on that church plant team. And then um, after about four years of doing that, uh, moved right up the road to Manchester Christian Church, which was really kind of one of the flagship churches in that region that had planted, I think at the time that I left, I think we were part of planting 12 different churches throughout the Northeast. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, and, and it really was the sending church and served there as the teaching pastor and uh, discipleship pastor for about six years alongside Frank Reynolds and John Cassetto and some others um, before coming here to Rockford to be a part of uh, Heartland's story. That's awesome, man. And, and one of the, the coolest things for me about Heartland's story is like how many guys would would start a church and not want to like be the guy on stage <laughs> you know like it really is just a kind of a, a no ego uh, type of place just using other people's talents and just saying like hey can we can we just throw you on a screen <laughs> on Sunday and take it kind of take advantage of your your gifting and i know you guys have a, a little bit of a unique like setup too like i've always thought this is cool since i was introduced to Heartland that you guys are in like an old mall and, you know, still have like vendors and stuff like in there. Would, would you mind just telling us a little bit about your setup? Because I think it's, it's really unique and something like that. Church planners who are looking for, you know, buildings and permanent sites and stuff like that can, can really benefit from. Yeah, you know, it's um, uh, kind of the history of how we got to it. You know, Heart- Heartland was growing, uh, thriving, uh, growing faster than what we could probably keep up with. Not probably than what we could keep up facilities wise. And so... Um, Heartland did. This is before me, by the way. I just have been real privileged to privileged to be able to keep it going. Um, but uh, Heartland did what most churches do. They drew up uh, plans for uh, you know a big building on a big campus, kind of out on the edge of town and, and kind of the suburban part of Rockford, Illinois. And uh, they bought 
40 acres of land to do all of that. And, uh, <clears throat> but they really couldn't move into it fast enough. I mean, the, the growth was just off the charts. And so at the same time, uh, there was an old mall, uh, kind of an, a classic 1970s indoor outdoor kind of mall, you know, that had three or four big stores that were in interior spaces. And then kind of the outside is kind of strip mall fashion where there's lots of, of other, um, kind of vendors that are a part of that same property. And, uh, that mall was closing down. Uh, there, there'd been a bigger mall built actually on the same side of town, not far from where the new church building was to be built, you know, and, um, and leadership at that time just said, you know what, we feel like we're, uh, we're a church that wants to be about redeeming our city. And rather than move out of the city, kind of into the suburban sprawl, uh, you know, what if we moved into the city and took something that is uh, kind of drying up and dying and bring it new life? And in fact, the the old mall, you know, the stores had already moved out. And so it was just a matter of time until it was going to become, you know, just kind of a dilapidated building. Um, and it was surrounded by a, a, a really awesome city park. Uh, public park here, but because this area of town was starting to fade fast, that park had kind of turned over into uh, kind of a shady park at the same time. And so brought this vision into the mall and said, you know, what if we could renovate the interior space now that these tenants, JC Penney and a, um, uh, um, grocery, a grocery store and a Bergner store were all moving out? You know, what if we could renovate the interior space into kind of the footprint of the church uh, but still keep the tenants on the outside, still make this a uh, kind of a destination campus for people to come and shop and do all that sort of thing. And that's exactly what the leadership team did. And we've come to call it the duplex strategy. Mm-hmm. If, you think, if you think about it in terms of, you know, if, if you were a homeowner and you owned a duplex, you know, you would live on one side and then you'd have a tenant who rented out the other side and their rent would pay your mortgage, you know, yeah, and, right. and in theory, that's, that's what it does. You know, it, what it, what it really does is it allows us to keep our cost per square foot really, really low because we've got, you know, partner businesses that are on our campus helping to pay down the total mortgage on this property. And, uh, you know, it doesn't come without its headaches. I mean, we're, we're both a church and a landlord, you know, and so we're helping to develop businesses and work with vendors. And, you know, when a vendor closes their doors and moves off the campus or something like that, then you got to find somebody to replace it, to replace that income. So, I mean, it comes with some additional responsibility, um, but when it's working well, it it really does provide for ministry, and it makes sure that that the, every dollar that's donated uh, in giving, we can we can turn right back into ministry resources as opposed to paying for infrastructure and property and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. I'm sure that some people who have no idea what that's like, that might be something of interest. Uh, if anybody ever has interest, they can come visit us and kind of walk the walk the property here and check it out for themselves. We'd love to do that and help you mow your snow, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are a, a multi-site church, Josh. You have a campus in in Sun Prairie. Um, tell us a little bit about how how that works. I know there's some new trends out there. We had discussed that a little bit offline, um, but talk to talk to our listeners because I know that's going to be of interest to them. Like. You know, we have a lot of church planners, young churches out there, even multi-site churches as well. But talk to us about some of the new trends that you all have seen, learned, and are even experiencing and implementing on your own. I'm sure they would be interested to to hear some of that, what you all have going on there at Heartland. Yeah, we have one other site right now. Um, you know, like a lot of churches uh, have probably experienced in the last decade or so, 
Um, we really weren't looking to get into the multi-site um, kind of lane all that much, other than we had two churches in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, which is about an hour, hour and a half, almost an hour and 45 minutes from us here. Uh, kind of a suburban part of that city, little little town called Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Uh, two churches came to us and said, hey, one church had a building, uh, the other church had some people and said, but no building, <laughs> and said, uh, we'd love to see a thriving, prevailing church up here in our community. And um, we're going to shut our doors and we would love to kind of turn over the leadership to you rather than shut our doors. And uh, that's exactly what they did. And so we launched our first site, uh, I think it was almost nine years ago now, up in that community. Um, and for the you know first few years, we did what most multi-sites do. We used a lot of teaching on video, I mean, because that was kind of a core part of our DNA anyway. And, you know, Mike Bro, on the weekends here, we were able to take his video content straight up there and really infuse the DNA of our church into those two congregations, which now have become one, you Mm -hmm. know, they become Heartland Sun Prairie, Mm -hmm. really infuse our DNA up there almost overnight, you know, and create a new movement in that community. And, uh, and we did that. We put a campus pastor up there, John McNary, uh, who's done an amazing job. I mean, he, he walked into a situation as you can, you know, imagine kind of the, all the dynamics of taking two churches, two churches, two elderships, you know, two different groups of people who've always done church different ways and mm-hmm. try to start something new that is not either of those things, but us. And he had to navigate all of those really tricky waters for, um, for the first few years and did it really well. Um, and so we used lots of video teaching up there with our ministry model and, and DNA and mission and vision and all that. And then with time, you know, John, built a great team, both a local leadership team and team of volunteers and, uh, and started taking more ownership of that ministry up there. And, uh, over the course of probably three more years, um, became pretty evident to us that that team, they were, you know, they were there, they moved up there over time, um, built friendships in that community and, um, were becoming, starting to look more like their own local expression of a prevailing church than what was happening down here necessarily even in Rockford. And, uh, and we really believe in kind of a incarnational style of ministry, you know, and when I kind of stepped into the lead role here, John and I started to recognize, man, nobody knows that community better than you. Hmm. And nobody knows the needs of that community, the needs of, of that particular campus better than what your leadership team does and way better even than what I've, what I would know for them leading, leading them from Rockford an hour and a half away. Um, and so I just started giving him more opportunity to lead as he felt like he needed to lead up there. Um, and one of the things that we we're starting to discover now, you know, in January of 2017, actually, um, our Sun Prairie campus will become an independent church. Hmm. Um, and you know, we, we've gotten there almost by accident a little bit. Um, in that, you know, but probably about a year ago, John and I kind of took a step back and said, man, like you got a great team that's in place. And, uh, John grew in his leadership. I mean, exponentially, he grew in his teaching voice exponentially. And we kind of looked at the teaching schedule over the, the previous year and, and saw that, you know, we'd used video, you know, probably 15 weekends or so. John had taught about, you know, 15 weekends himself and, and some other people on their their leadership team who had stepped in and, and taught a few times. And 
the church was really responding to that and continuing to grow pretty exponentially through that. We thought, you know, you, you probably were probably there in terms of the DNA is infused and the leadership is strong and the community is responding to local leadership. You know, we probably ought to set this thing up to almost become a church plant at this, at this point. And uh, you guys can just kind of take it from here and we'll always be family and have great relationships and really more like strategic partners. You know, I mean, that, that'll be true to who we are and the relationship that we have forever. But we just really started to sense that the, that that was the best thing for that church to thrive in that community. And, uh, you know, one of the trends that John and I are watching anyway, that we're just kind of experimenting in is, um, wondering if this might be uh, actually a great way to plant churches. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you've got two churches that are coming together and saying, we're going to fold and close our doors. We'd like you to infuse us with DNA and start something new in our community. And, uh, you know, rather than one guy by himself, you know, trying to start the church on his own with no resources and, and, you know, um, maybe I guess just not, not very many resources available to him. You know, what if a, a church like us can come alongside and bring DNA and values and some resources for a period of time um, and use video-based teaching out of this campus and kind of get the movement going mm-hmm. and, and then kind of step out of that over the course of a few years where they become their, their own thing. And um, we're looking around at a lot of the multi-site churches and thinking, man, I also don't know how sustainable some of some of it is, you know, churches that are built around one personality and video teaching, you know, as the leadership baton needs to be passed. And as that baton gets passed from a boomer generation to a millennial generation of leaders and different teaching styles and different teaching voices, you know, we're kind of curious as to whether or not this might be a good model that over time allows a local uh, a local campus pastor to kind of s- step in and become the lead pastor of that campus until eventually they're just on their own two feet. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's, and that's one of the things uh, that I've always loved too, you know, about Heartland and Ural's kind of leadership and, and direction is like, you're not trying to, to build like the Heartland brand or anything like that. And like, just get out to as many, as many places as you can, like with campuses and things like that. And I love, what you said there about like you can it's just so evident how you can see how you guys are just using people's strength like you said with John McNary like he knows that area so just like let him go and do that you know like um, because he's going to be more effective he's going to be empowered and I think that's something that a lot of church planners who are listening can can really learn from like from you guys is like man just like get the right people in the right spot and just let them go like play to their strengths yeah, um, kind of a no ego approach. I think that's that's super important and something you guys have have definitely like led the way in. So you know, when it, when it comes to the multi site model, you know, especially when you're putting campus pastors in a position, you really only have one of a few choices. You know, one is you go totally video based, and you just kind of you you just decide early on that's how it's going to be forever. And so you put a guy in a position who really doesn't have a teaching gift, probably has a little bit of a leadership gift, probably a really strong pastoral gift and just say, Hey, you know, make sure this church stays healthy relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. Uh, and those guys do that. Um, but then over time, you know, and we're seeing this nationally all, all over the place now that, I mean, the campus pastor turnover rate is so high hmm. because those guys get a little bit of success and they grow in their leadership ability 
and they teach a few times and enjoy it and they teach a few more times and, and discover that they've got a teaching gift and now they want to teach. But you've got a campus that's built around kind of a central teaching pastor model. What's that guy do? You know, he's got to either decide that he's going to not pursue that, that giftedness or he's going to have to resign and go start his own church someplace or go find a job in some other church. And mm-hmm. we've just said, you know, and, and, and I don't know, honestly, this is not a model we're building, you know, cause it's, well, I don't know, but what, what we made us be onto something for one time, yeah. you know, yeah. but at least in, in John's case, it was like, Hey, rather than this guy kind of getting the itch and moving someplace else, what if we just released him more based upon the gifts that God's given him and the gifts that he's continued to develop on that campus, mm-hmm. honor that don't discipline it, right. but right. honor it and, and let it happen. You know, I mean, I heard a quote the other day, somebody said, figure out what, where God is moving and then just let that happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what it was for us in some prairie. We kind of saw what God was doing and we thought, let's just let this, let's let this happen. Let's see how we could resource this to help more people in that community find and follow Jesus. And, um, that gave us the confidence to not try to build a big empire. I mean, we're not trying to build some big Walmart church deal, you Mm -hmm. know, but just to figure out what needs to happen in that community and then let it happen. We may do it totally different, you know, someplace else. And in fact, if it was within, if the campus was in 30 minutes of our current campus, we probably would do it differently. But in this instance, it seems like the right thing to do. You know, I I really appreciate that uh, about you guys, that it's not, hey, this is our deal. We're going to make this work. We're going to stick it out, but that you're flexible and that you're willing to listen to the Spirit and be led and change. And, you know, where may God be leading us to now and how can we do that to the best of our ability? So I think that says a lot about you guys. And I think it's going to open a lot of eyes and ears. I mean, we talked to hundreds of churches and this is a model I haven't necessarily heard of yet. So I think it's very intriguing and I love that you're all willing to try it, to, to kind of um, search it out. And if it, if it goes big, guess what? We'll give you all the credit from this yeah. podcast right here. <laughs> well, you know, it's something I've heard Andy Stanley say that I've always appreciated. He says, you know, um, marry the mission, date the model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think he's talking about dating models, right. but you know, <laughs> date the method. That's what it is. Yeah. Date the method. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of time I think we get that backwards where yeah. we come up with a method that we love and we feel like we've got to try to figure out how to sustain that, mm-hmm. that method, you know? Yeah. And uh, for us, the mission is pretty clear. Let's, you know, let's help people rediscover life. Let's change, let's change cities. Yeah. by helping people find and follow Jesus and uh, whatever method we can use in any particular season to get that done, we'll do it. And if the method needs to change to make the mission actually mm-hmm. flourish, then we'll change the method. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a great quote. I mean, I think if we hung our hat on anything of this podcast, that would be one of those is, um, what did you say? Marry the mission. And then yeah, you said and, date the model, but I think you backtracked on it there. Yeah. And, and, and he gets credit for this one. He says, yeah. marry the mission, date the method. I love it. That's yeah. great. And that's one of the reasons we, we love doing these podcasts with guys like you. Cause like a lot of the, the church planners who are, are listening, like come from models that you just described. Um, you know, like where maybe like they, they planned their own thing because like they didn't feel like, they could really like seek their gifted their giftedness out at the place they were. Um, so that's why we love having guys like you on because like 
not not every mega church, and we're not knocking mega churches at all, but not every mega church is just trying to build a brand or you know trying to like you said do the the Walmart church thing. So it's really it's really awesome for our listeners to hear like a guy like you, like your heart, and just like the approach that you guys have to church planning and just like releasing people to their strengths. Um, it's just really awesome for people to hear. So we like thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I know you're super busy. Um, maybe still on the, the Easter hangover a little bit. <laughs> I know that that's a crazy time, man. So we, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and, and awesome stuff, man. I'm glad to be on. appreciate what you guys are doing. And again, we, we just want to be a church that's trying to figure out, God, where are you moving and how do we, how do we help that happen? Absolutely. Yeah. And Josh, you mentioned one thing, and I know you mean it. If somebody had a follow-up question for you, because, you know, again, this is probably uh, an approach that a lot of people haven't even thought of yet. Uh, you're cool if they contact you. Just look up um, Heartland and uh, give you a shout. Is that cool? Yeah, that'd be great. They can go to our website, heartland.cc, okay. and uh, kind of check it all out. And there's a contact form there if they wanted to submit their name and a question. We'd, we'd love to follow up with them. Awesome. Thanks for making yourself available. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate it again. Have a good one. You bet. Thanks to everybody what you're doing. All right. Thanks, All right, Josh. See you. Thanks for listening today. The Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy was produced by Drew Bro, Jeremy Russell, John Ruggie, and me, Jeff Presley. To make sure you catch every episode, search for The Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're always looking for ministry leaders to interview on the show. If there's someone you'd like to see us feature on the Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy, let us know at podcast at causely.com. That's causely.com. We are a production of Reach, the number one outreach program for church planners. Reach helps churches reach more people through friend-to-friend referrals on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Church Planner's Guide to the Galaxy.